Duncan Hilton. This is the Religious Life Podcast. When I was 36, I heard God speak to me as clearly as I ever have. On that sunny September afternoon, I was sitting at a desk in my bedroom in my host family's apartment in Cochabamba, Bolivia. I was at the end of a six-week program to learn Spanish, and soon I was going to be headed back to southern Vermont to finish my training for the Protestant Episcopal priesthood. That day, I had just returned from attending a Catholic Mass at a prison on the other side of the city, led by one of the Catholic priests connected to the Spanish Language Training Institute, which I was attending. Many things about the Catholic Mass struck me deeply. As I walked into the small chapel, I saw on the walls murals of Jesus ministering to Bolivian campesinos. I saw a handful of prisoners standing along those walls, praying the Stations of the Cross. I saw a life-size Jesus hanging on a cross, watching over it all from the altar. During the service, I sang a cappella hymns from the same single song sheet that the men sang from every week. And walking out of the service, I saw the men pleading with the priests on the front steps for him to find time to baptize their children outside the prison. I wasn't aware just how deeply any of this had struck me though, until I sat down at my desk to pray and out came one of my most honest and least reverent prayers. God, please don't fucking make me Catholic. The voice that answered my prayer was kind and clear. It seemed to rise from within me, but speak in a voice that wasn't my own. It said, Duncan, you're called to religious life. When I heard the words, I got up from the desk where I was praying. I walked in circles around the room and I cried. Hearing those words, all my fears that I was in the wrong denomination, that I'd gotten my call wrong to the Episcopal priesthood and that my years of ministry training would be in vain and that I'd have to start over my life as a Catholic. All those fears disappeared from me like smoke rises out of a chimney and disappears into the sky. I was left feeling lighter, but also a bit confused. What the hell is religious life? I wondered after the mystery of the moment had passed. When I got home, I reached out for help to make sense of the experience from a professor from college who's also a former Jesuit. I remember him saying something like this to me, Duncan, I've known you a long time. Your call is about devotion, care for the land, and work with the poor. It's not about any particular denomination. And I don't know if there's any church that can contain your call. You may have to start it. I nodded. His words felt right, but I also felt a bit embarrassed. Who the hell am I to start anything like a church, I wondered. Well, I'm 42 now. I'm an ordained Episcopal priest. I'm a husband, I'm a dad. I've worked in churches the last six years. I've loved the people and much of my work in those churches. 
Perhaps the more traditional parish work has been necessary for my formation. And yet I've been haunted during those years that I haven't been entirely faithful to that voice that called me to religious life. And I'm willing to entertain another question. Not who am I to start anything like a church, but who am I not to start something? I'm worried. I have certain questions on my mind. Questions that I feel like I need to answer more deeply in order to be more faithful to that voice. In light of the climate crisis, does religious life not necessarily require those of us who are middle-class Americans to make far more radical choices about what we consume? And do we not need to be uh, more committed in those choices than most churches expect or demand? In light of racism and inequality, Does religious life for me as a white person not necessarily require more of my hours and dollars going toward political organizing, advocacy, and reparations? Or alternatively, maybe I just need to up my game and focus on nurturing my soul and honoring my baptismal vows more intently, and then all my doubts will dissipate. Maybe I just need to pray more fervently for God to remove the fear that I will disappoint him And once again, those fears will disappear like smoke. Well, this podcast is my effort to take that voice seriously, that voice that called me to religious life, and to explore how to be a faithful Christian in a way that honors the Bible, the breadth of Christian history and tradition, the witness of the saints, and the realities of the many injustices and inequalities in the world. My hope and my hunch is that this exploration may eventually lead me and perhaps some of you listeners to embrace new theology and new practices as part of our religious life. Or maybe to embrace ancient theology and ancient practices, but with a new commitment and as a part of a new community. Because this podcast is also an effort to take seriously my understanding that religious life requires community that it's never a solo endeavor. St. Francis met a leper. Dorothy Day met Peter Marin. Martin Luther King Jr. met a handful of professors and friends who mentored him in nonviolent strategy. So perhaps you will meet someone through this podcast, a theologian or wise disciple who you hear, who sparks something new in your religious life. Or maybe you'll meet someone in the comment section of the website who provides a similar spark. You may be thinking, I certainly am, how dare we I compare ourselves and our situation to such Christian all-stars as St. Francis, Dorothy Day, Martin Luther King Jr. On the other hand, who are we to think that our decision, decisions about faith, hope, and love, and following Jesus are any less important than theirs were? As one friend reminded me, in one of my moments of doubt. God doesn't need another podcast, but God does need laborers. If you're curious about what it means to be a labor for God, and you don't want to labor alone or labor in vain, please listen in. I'll close this introduction with the same prayer that I 
plan to close each episode with. Almighty and eternal God, so draw our hearts to thee, so guide our minds, so fill our imaginations, so control our wills that we may be wholly thine, utterly dedicated unto thee. And then use us, we pray thee, as thou wilt, and always to thy glory and the welfare of thy people. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.